G'day, folks. Anthony, AOS coach here, bringing you Down Under Sigma with the wonderful, handsome, maybe a little bit Kiwi-fied Liam, the villain. How are you, Liam? All right, man. How are you? I'm good. I've got my dog annoying me right next to me with a tennis ball, and um, hopefully he doesn't bark like he did on the stream I had with the Honest Wargamer the other week. So uh, he's a bit opinionated when it comes to music. He, uh, If he hears something he doesn't like, he likes to bark and wolf and um, do his thing. We'll see what he does, but he's just annoying me with a tennis ball. Uh, what is it? Um, yeah, see, I'm not Kiwi 5, but I would totally move there in a heartbeat to play with some legends again. They were like absolute champs. So Liam um, has just come back from playing a notorious GT. So uh, I'm sure we're going to hear about this very soon when we talk about news. But before we do that, the dog's putting a tennis ball in a terrain box. I'm going to throw it over to the master, Dave Kerr. Glad to finally have you on the stream. How are you, mate? Yeah, I'm really good. Uh, thanks for finally having me on here. Um, so you just introduced me, uh, Dave <laughs> Kerr. Um, one of the one of the original gangsters for the Mango Mafia. Uh, if you haven't heard of us, uh, we're a Queensland group, mainly based out of Brisbane, but we've got a, a few northern chapters, central chapters, as uh, Queensland probably spans New South Wales and Victoria together. Um, do we have a Mango group in New South Wales? Like, I've got application. I've got a printer ready to go. Like, do you guys actually have a chapter yet? Oh, we don't. We haven't. We haven't spread out of Queensland, but it could be a possibility. I mean, if Greg Inglis can play for Queensland, I can play for the Mangoes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just don't tell Liam or Clanfield or any other group that I'm associated with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, I guess Clanfield and the Mango Mafia have been around uh, for a while. Yeah, um, and we we have a good a good um, in-game competitive rivalry. And, um, it's good to see we're starting to see some of the measured gaming guys come up too, so I'm sure they're going to join in and we'll get our uh, we'll get our, our real club, uh, a, a good competitive club environment going. And if you didn't hear, and I'll just reinforce this, Dave is not only the Australian master for last year, he was also the year before. So we've had two competitive seasons. We're actually in the third now, but Dave is the back-to-back -back master. No one's done it in the history of Age of Sigma, mostly because there's no other opportunity to do it. Dave, <laughs> Dave is the back-to-back -back king of hot shit. So it's awesome to have you. Uh, not the first time we've interviewed. I had you on the um, the, the master streams many times, but first yeah. time to have you on this channel. So it's awesome. And also we've got Jordan here who's, who's fixing up his little stream. Uh, Jordan, say hello to everyone. Hey, um, Jordan, I'm still kind of new to Age of Sigma. I would say beginning of the year is generally when I started playing. I uh, just went to my first tournament last month. I did quite well for myself, which I'm pretty happy with. Uh, should be should be happy with. <laughs> I have. Did absolutely amazing. <laughs> just a lucky run. Um, used to play 40k and now changed over to AOS just because I'm have a better preference for the systems. Sweet. Easy. And it's good to have you because uh, when we started talking about this idea of uh, the, the, I guess the, the differences between 40 K and Sigma, um, it was a great opportunity to have Dave, who's obviously got a great history and a long history in competitive age of Sigma and 40 K. 
And when I first asked you, it was pre your very first tournament and you actually went on and done a really, really good job. And your first tournament came, we won't spoil it. We'll get to it when, uh, when we get to the actual session, but uh, say hello to everyone in the chat. Dave, no surprise, your uh, stepfather or father, Horace, is in the chat. <laughs> <laughs> he, he likes to think he's my father. Um, he taught me a couple of lessons when I lived with him, but I, I think that I imparted more knowledge to him, in fact. So. <laughs> it's a Maybe I'm of what father Wes. <laughs> Wes gave me absolute shit on the master's stream because I didn't know him at the time, and I thought maybe you did have a really supportive dad who was on the stream, like, hey, boy, <laughs> I love you so much. Like, go, go, son, go, son. I'm like, fuck, this guy's got a good family. Like, yeah, a, guy, a family that literally watches Warhammer. Yeah, right. I think actually Wes's mum likes me more than um, any of her natural-born sons. <laughs> I'm the favourite son. All right, fucking Jesus. All right, well, we're going to have a good stream. I can see the, the chat's going off already. Even you've got uh, – Liam's got some fans already from Tim. So uh, good to have I've got, you guys. I've got my New Zealand family. Hey, Sean. Hey, Seth. Hey, Tim. All right, stream. So – uh, let's get off. Let's let's talk about things, and uh, might be a good opportunity to start. Fuck, we've had a, a massive couple of weeks. We've had Forbidden Power drop. We've had uh, some cool things come come out of that. Sylvaneth obviously got leaked. Um, <laughs> we've had some tournaments. Uh, Dave, you've obviously had BreezeCon not long ago. Uh, Liam, you went over to New Zealand. We've had a lot of Sigma. Let's talk with some of the news. What do we think of contrast paints? What do we think about Sylvaneth? What do we think about Forbidden Power? Have we have, have we had a chance to read it, play with it? What do we like? Open open book. Maybe I guessed first. Yeah, I was going to say guess. What do you guys think of like Forbidden Power and stuff and contrast? Um, contrast paints. I think we'll do some cool things. I guess before I make any decisive judgment on them, I'd like to give them a try myself. But I can definitely see them doing really good things for the hobby. Um, we already have a pretty set system of three colours min. So I just think this is going to help people out more. And, you know, if, they, if people – there's so many people out there who play this hobby, but they don't come to events because they don't paint their armies and they just have these, these walls of grey. So more power to them if this lets them – push armies out more and then come to events, then awesome. Have you had a chance to look at the Forbidden Power rules? Or what, are your, what are your thoughts on? Uh, not heaps on the Forbidden Power rules. I've just been looking at the terrain just a little bit of the rules. Still waiting for like the book to kind of drop and have a proper get my hands on it and read it um, before I make any real calls. Same with the contrast baits. I'm excited to see, like mainly for batching purposes, like painting... 80 plague monks or painting oh heaps of grots or stabbers. It's going to be make you your life easy. just throw those plague monks in the bin, mate. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, what was it? Um, so what are your thoughts on the terrain? I like the scale and the fact that you can adjust it. Like they're going in that way where each piece of terrain can be kind of changed, which yeah, is nice. Super modular. Yeah. Which is cool. I've seen some stuff on Twitter. I think it's like the designer of Ray. Ray, I yeah, think. yeah, yeah. The designer of the terrain. He's like showing us like if you get three, four kits together, you can make this ginormous like temple size thing. And I'm just like, look, it costs like 150 dollars for one box. I can't afford it. Like, I would love to do it. I can't afford it, but it looks massive. Um, That's something you could do in a tournament. Everyone could just bring their 
three power boxes. No, no, three just bring your, your three pieces of terrain is the three box, one of those three box sets of it together. Boom. Make zero friends. I would do that. Totally. I, th- I think that's going to be awesome for Warcry as well. I think um, especially oh, yeah. like some of that. Uh, I mean, like, I don't know how how Sigmarified and, and what you're going to see from a competitive scene. I mean, those nice little temples and the, the big circular piece is really cool. But going as large as they have on some of those pieces um, is going to be like a Tristan Smith. It's going to be this massive one by one or two by two um, terrain piece that he's going to hope for is mystical. So that's a... That's a prop to his uh, recent measured gaming uh, podcast. So if you don't know what I'm referring uh, to, check it out. I'm not taking the shit out of Tristan. Uh, he, he he said it himself, and he was also teaching people how to microwave their dice to uh, to improve the dice roll. So, um, <laughs> so is this your way of saying I need to check his dice at Lords of War? Uh, maybe. <laughs> I mean, I mean, Tristan's going like two and three and three and two. So I don't know how well his microwave trick's working, but. Um, he just needs to buy more Clan Filth dice. That's all yeah. he needs to do. So yeah. Um, so we like the ter- we like the terrain overall. I vibe it. It's good. It's good. Yeah, the um, terrain looks I'm, really good. I'm more I'm more entertained by contrast paints. Why? So, yeah. uh, just seeing how easy it is, and seeing like how if you if like for example, Doors of Cain was one of those armies that was not enjoyable hobby wise to paint or do. Um, that's why I don't really play them anymore, just because building up and upkeeping that army was a pain. Um, but the contrast paints is definitely going to be something that will help me out, uh, get back into that kind of army, um, into doing hordes and stuff. Because I just, yeah, I don't know. Hordes armies aren't my cup of tea when it comes to hobby um, at times, um, except for dryads, because it's just spray, shade, dry brush. But Doors of Cain, you could not do that. So I think. Contrast is going to help me out heaps, just getting armies that I really want to do and just look them tabletop effective and add a bit of highlight details later on. So, yeah. That's actually so, a good point. Like, we might actually start seeing more Horde armies because of Contrast Paints. Yeah. like just, you know, larger elite units and stuff like that. Yeah, like, Feck at the moment, for me, it's just six models. Doors of Cain, it's like 120. It's like, no. Nah. <laughs> I think I'm more inclined to start up new armies and, um, you know, like I've talked on Twitter, if anyone who follows me on Twitter, I've been talking about Devoted to Sigma and painting Devoted to Sigma. I think for me, like I'd love to do like a Sylvaneth army. I'd love to do an Iron Jaws army. But the reality is, is that I just do not have the time as I'm putting things into grots and I've got other projects, but this would allow me to get to a really quick tabletop standard to play at local events, have fun with them while I continue to work on, you know, uh, edge highlighted, you know, really high quality models. Yeah. Um, it lets me kind of have the best of both worlds. Um, yeah, it's it's perfect for that, which is great. So um, thumbs up to that. So I'm really I'm really impressed with Contrast, and I've heard all about good things, like awesome. just everything. So, and yeah. Liam, really quickly, I've heard a rumor that you are the lead singer from Nickelback. Is that true? Yes. All right, Wes, Wes um, has, has I, confirmed I can, the truth. I, I can see that. That's why I laugh really hard because it's just like everyone says that. They look at my hair and they're like, Nickelback, is that you? I'm like, yes. And it looks like <laughs> you've got New Zealanders who are now fanatics to Liam. So they're not fanatics <laughs> to the Grots. Gro- uh, the Grots, they are Liam fanatics. They're going to jump out uh, of the air. And, I, can, uh, I can tell you why the fanatic thing is a thing, just because my heart dropped because of fanatics. So oh, I'm um, sure we'll find the story out in a minute. Yeah, but, you uh, hot take, Sylvaneth. What do we think of Sylvaneth? We've got actually before we go to the Tree Man himself, Dave. <laughs> have you seen Have you seen the Sylvaneth uh, leak? And uh, what do you think of the rules if you've seen them? 
Uh, okay, I saw it got leaked and it got sent through the chat and I spent about zero time in there because Silverneth is not my thing. <clears throat> Silverneth's one of your but least favourite armies, isn't it? Look. Generally, because I have to play against them. Yeah. <laughs> I had a look at the Wildwoods quickly and I don't know if they've changed for the better or worse. I think, yeah, just Liam, you're going to have to run us through this one. Um, okay. Uh, so pretty much... Uh, general takers, the army has changed. Uh, not dramatically, but we're no longer the one-drop army. Should I be burning um, my models like that uh, That high-elf player burnt his models when Sigma no. dropped? Are we no. going, are we, are we going that, no. We're not going to that extreme. No, nah, you're not going no, to that extreme. No, nah, we're, we're a four or five-drop army minimum. Um, uh, Alario is great. Um, if anything, she's now like the... She's more of like a spellcaster buff, like... We saw Marathi being a spellcaster and a combat beast. Pretty much what they've done is they've made Alario pretty much a similar take. Plus she gets free summoning. Um, Durthu now is an auto-include in most of my lists now because he's just amazing for what he does. Um, the thing about the army that most people hated the most, they've changed it, which is cool. Um, the teleporting multiple units... But annoyed people, now it's just like one or two units you teleport, so you actually have to think about which units you want to take out. Um, but um, you'll see a quite, you'll see a lot of things like Outcast and is like in as a battalion household. Um, and you'll see more Tree Lord Ancients now because they're worth their points as well. But yeah, and the one, the one most interesting thing about this whole um, book is you're going to see the Arch Revenant never, like almost never. All right, um, don't, don't don't spoil too much because we are going to have a super show with we're gonna have a super Dan show. Short Short Streets. We've got Hayden Walker. We've got and Chris, Chris Welfare. Welfare. Chris is taking up for a spin this weekend. He's so we're going to have a a, uh, a Sylvaneth super show um, when the FAQ drops. So let's not. But oh, overall, Sylvaneth players don't 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 chuck things on eBay. We're good. Um, just the one thing. You know how we all hate the Wildwoods. I was going to ask if they're still a thing. Um, they definitely are still a thing, and you're going to hate them a lot more. They've Crazy. actually made them more busted. Oh, We've awesome. Like, <laughs> like it's like when we read when we read the rules closely and stuff. Hayden has worked out a system that's technically allowed at the moment, and you're going, you guys, everyone's going to rage quit about Wildwoods. So, all right. Well, let, let's see if it gets FAQ'd. I mean, the, we don't know yeah. what's coming, but. Uh... Uh, we don't I even think, know when the book's probably released. No, but overall, the book looks good. We like what we see. Yeah, uh, there's a change to the game, but uh, there could could be some interesting things. Yeah, interesting builds. It's going to be great. I'm so excited. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, before we get into the topic, I would love to know, have you guys had any recent games and any shout-outs to some awesome hobbyists that you've had a chance to play? So ask my guests first. Have you guys played anything recently? Yes. Um, I try to get in uh, a couple to uh, two or more games a week, actually. I try to get in. Uh, so I have been playing a lot of Gloom Spike Gits, uh, and they've been really fun. Totally different to what I was playing before that, which was Stormcast. Uh, almost polar opposite. You've, you've, got, you've gone from, from Mr. Consistent to... Fuck you, dice! You, you you failed me when I needed you the most. Yeah, Gloomspike gets like just the fifty-fifty book. <laughs> um, but I, I play a lot against uh, 
Dean Matthews, and he is, in my mind, one of the best players, but he just loves playing destruction, and he plays the shittest lists, and he does all right with them. So he beat me the other day. He was playing my gut busters, and I was playing like a heavily uh, orientated shoot for shooting Stormcast list, and he beat me. Um, <laughs> so I was pretty spewing after that game, actually. Um, but yeah, I've been getting in a ton of games with him. Um, we're both playing Destro. I'm having heaps of fun with Gloom Spite. They're just um, they're kind of that uh, that real change I needed, and they're actually I feel like I've shifted more back to my Zench kind of style yeah. of play with them. A bit more like finesse playing. They are. They are. They really like if you make a mistake with Gloom Spite, you you get punished for it. Whereas if you make a mistake with Stormcast, you know, you're still 20 yes. spectators. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like handy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, yeah. And you and you and you've got a um a, a decent amount of squigs from the loon curse as well. So, um grots are a bit more forgiving. You can throw 60 grots and if some die, you're like eh, who cares, but once those those squigs fail or you're outside of a buff or you don't set up the moon correctly, um it can be it can be hard not only for combat or you know you just fall behind objective points too quickly. Yeah, it, it really comes tumbling down <laughs> quickly. So big shout out to Dino. He is awesome. I love that guy. He's, he's like he's got cool lists. Like I remember playing him last year in his sort of green skins, and I was like, oh, how the fuck is this list doing so well? Then I saw him play, I'm like, this is why it's doing so well. So yeah, he's a good he had, player. He had like the general on the wyvern. He had the rock idol. It, it's uh, it's it's literally a list where you look at it, you're like, I have no fucking idea of why this is here. And then you watch him play, you're like, oh, this is why it's here. Like actually, I think he had double wyvern or a double rock idol. He had, he had a double wyvern and a rock idol and like a whole bunch of boys. And wyverns are sh- fucked. So yeah, they're good. Yeah, when when you wire them up, when you do multiple wires on them, there's a lot of attacks yeah. coming out of those. So bones. many attacks. But, yeah, awesome. So shout Jordan. out to Dino, and I think uh, he'll be playing that army at Brizhammer, which is coming up pretty soon. So Brizhammer is this weekend. Uh, so that's just going to be a 26-player event. Um, I know that they're going to hold a bigger one uh, later in the year, but I'll, I'll let them post that. Uh, another one that's coming up really soon is the Ipswich GT, which is another smaller event. It's like an hour out of Brisbane. So that's just a bit of a shout-out to some of our smaller events around. Love it. And Jordan, you had any games recently? I think the most recent game I had was against Matt Campbell and his corn. Um, was not a good game for me. <laughs> I got destroyed. Um, so I'm going to replay him soon just so I can... How long did that game the, last? That like, was like turn two. I conceded. Yeah. Yeah. Corn. I learned something really, really unique about corn that day. Um, but I've got some more games this weekend. Going to do some Sydney Slaughter practice at Padstow. Are you going to be there as well, Anthony? Uh, question mark. I might be recording a Slanish and a Feck uh, faction focus, so I'm still trying to line up my guests, so maybe. Yeah, sweet. Um, yeah, so that's going to be much of my gaming for this week. I haven't really gotten too much, just focusing on my hobby. Uh, painting more Nurgle trees. Oh, love it. I might, and I might be printing some off frame as well, so uh, there'll be some interesting yeah. ones. Solid. I had two awesome games over the weekend. I played Keith uh, from the Creaky Gamers, got to play Gloom Spite on Gloom Spite, 260 grots uh, between us, absolutely slogging it out, uh, which was awesome. And I got so to, many next to hit. 
yeah, it was a lot of negs. It was really cool. Lots of endless spells flying around. And Damien Newsom and his Beast Claw Raiders, that was a really cool game. Uh, but unfortunately, some things didn't go his way. Um, Liam, you were at New Zealand. You had five amazing games. Uh, you word on the street is you made someone's wife drive two hours because you lost the keys oh, to a off. car and fuck then she off. drove back. Um, and it's not the first time Liam you've, you've <laughs> lost keys. You lost keys at the Australian masters in Brisbane and, uh, you know, stop people from getting to their house for a few hours. Uh, is this true or is this true? Are you a key forgetter? Okay. Steph, I hate you. <laughs> um, yeah, I, we left the hoodie under the desk of a pool table set up. And then when we went back to get it, it wasn't there. And that's where the car keys were. So, yeah. Um, so don't trust Liam with any keys. No no keys for Liam. Just don't give me keys. I don't understand like, why people give me keys and then they're like, okay, Liam, here you go. I'm like, I'm the last person you should give me keys to. I lost, I, and hear this, right? I got home uh, on Monday and I could not find my car keys. I was like, where the hell are my okay. car keys? Yeah, lost them right. again. All right, Liam, you are banned from have owning keys or you need to have multiple sets. I have I have two spare car keys and I could not find any of them. Actually, wasn't there a, a, a few, maybe a few weeks ago, a few months ago, you lost your keys somewhere and get yeah. to like an Uber back? And like, look, I literally, I literally got an Uber back from the city and I found that my car didn't have the car keys for. And then I had to get a locksmith uh, to come in and get my car and make me two sets of car keys. All right. So, all right. So, so Liam is not to be trusted with keys. Now, I know you're going to be recording a podcast for Shadowhammer. Uh, which is your podcast you haven't done for a while, but it's back. Yeah. And you yeah. have you and Hayden are going to talk about your experiences at Notorious. Yeah. We're doing that uh, tomorrow. What are the, I guess, what are the highlights or what are some, some quick things you want to shout out considering you've got some of the New Zealand crew in the, in the stream? What are some okay. of maybe like your top three highlights or games or events or high level? Um, okay. Top highlights was actually hanging out with Sean and Sean. So Tubbs and Big Sean from Notorious. Those two are the most amazing, beautiful hosts of, like, ever, and awesome, fun TOs. I, like, I just can't, I can't give them so many more compliments, but, like, they're just so friendly, so welcoming. Um, my highlight was literally the whole community is so welcoming. Like, I literally turned up um, expecting a lot of them to hate me because of my villain name. And it was really funny that so many people who met me literally were like, I don't understand this fucking nickname. Like, who the hell gave you this nickname? And I was like, I don't know. It just sticks with me. Queensland. Um, Queensland gave it to me. Isn't that right, Dave? Yeah. That is 100% correct. <laughs> isn't, it from, isn't it from Twitter? <laughs> yeah. So um, they're just like, I don't understand. You seem so nice. I was like, look, I just rock up and do my thing. Um, and yeah, it was awesome fun. Um, another highlight was like probably just drinking, having a trivia time, uh, courting, catching up with Clint, who I haven't seen since CanCon. That was cool. I um, imagine he's going to have a big podcast coming up, considering uh, he went to Warhammer was... Fest, Bobo. He went to Notorious. Uh, Notorious. He uh, was on Warhammer Television. Um, he was he, chatting he a, with a bunch of G-Dub peeps. He had a crazy two weeks. That's what I can say. He had a crazy two weeks, and he's sick of flying. I can tell you that. And if um, it, So if anyone on, on, on this chat wants to uh, set up a Patreon for me and send me somewhere, uh, I'm happy to accept that uh, that free trip. Yeah. Um, he, he Honestly, it's a well-deserved trip. He is the godfather of Australian Sigma. So, um, yeah, it was good to catching up with him. But, like, yeah, hang, catching up with Seth and Lee as well from CanCon. Didn't get to catch up with Fraser, sadly, because he wasn't there. 
Um, but yeah, we surprisingly Australia did well. Like we did surprisingly well. Do you find that it's kind of different playing there to playing in Australia in regards to like what people bring or how they play? Uh, how to play was interesting. Um, there's some house rules that they have that I was very intrigued by. Um, like trees, like hanging stuff off trees and stuff, which I don't usually play. Um, but everyone there, like they all have different lists and different meta. Um, but yeah, like I played like a Skaven list with all, pretty much all Master Clan, and that was interesting. And I was like, wow. So yeah, it was good. Um, I just had an absolutely amazing time, and the guys who were running it were awesome. The venue was awesome. Um, if anyone's listening now and thinking about going to New Zealand to play, fucking do it. Like, I can't not say it. Like, you, it was way too much fun. Um, and I would go over there even sooner if I could and maybe try and get into their Masters because I'm currently ranked 31 from one event. There you go. Shout yeah. out to New Zealand. Shout out to Notorious. They are an awesome podcast, Sean and Sean. And one of them's coming to Sydney GT. I am, I can't believe it. Tickets went on sale last Monday. There was a pre-release window for people who came last year. And uh, 45 tickets had already sold in the first week and uh, we're almost sold out. I might have to open up 10 more spots, but um, I'm, I'm super excited. I know um, there was I know there was some New Zealanders who were keen, so we might see Big Sean as well, maybe. They need to get off their ass or contact me and maybe I can slide them something on the side or do something. Um, a couple other quick shout-outs. We've had some new content come out from Australia. So Doom and Darkness put out an awesome battle report, Stormcast versus, versus uh, Nighthorn. Creaky Gamers had a really cool – I don't know if you guys have seen uh, Creaky Gamers, but this is Keith's um, – he's got these characters where he's got like a uh, – it's – he does voice impersonations through a character avatar. It's off the charts. He's battle reports, but he's got a gloom spite versus daughters one. Um, Cinderfall gaming had a really cool show on Monday um, with James Mabry about his own personal army narrative. Um, Bush radio had a really cool um, podcast come out, which was featuring uh, Tristan. Um, that was a really, really fun one uh, and hot off the press. Uh, this midnight, midnight 1 a.m., uh, Mengel Miniatures is going to be, while it's an American uh, blog, um, Deke, Deke Johnston is going to be having an interview on there, so that gets published uh, tonight. So uh, he's the Lord of Death, and uh, I'm sure it's going to be a lot of fun. Any other content creators or anything you guys want to shout out? Just my shout-out's Notorious because they're neighbours. Like, they're awesome. Um Doom and Darkness stuff. I've been watching his music, uh, not music video. I've been watching his videos, and he did a really. Doom, Doom could Doom could do a music video. I reckon it'd he be could. pretty ace. Like a dad, a dad, a dad bod music video. Um, I did like him watching Colin um get beaten again with his daughters. I was like, oh, Colin, not again. He just needs to catch a break. He's beaten a lot, doesn't he? He get he gets beaten a lot. It's just the fact that he got beaten by Gutbusters was super intriguing. <laughs> I was like, how did this happen? Yeah, I think yeah, God I love him. I'm pretty sure he had like a really horrible time with um with a daughter's list as well, and and people were just giving him shit like, how are you losing with these like Ben Sava kind of list um daughters? Uh, because Ben Sava runs Sisters of Slaughter, he's running Witch Elves. That's the difference. <laughs> it's the difference, pretty much. But um, yeah, it's it just it's good that Colin's making them not seem so broken. It's just like they won't be fixed. So sixty point hag queens for another year. Get ready, Anthony. Get ready. Not going to change. 
60 yeah, point having, hags get ready. points based on my feedback that i gave to gw they personally asked me they sent me an email and they asked me for my feedback i said 120 fucking go up hags <laughs> fuck they don't uh, seem they don't they seem fine honestly after 60 green gush reapers on the weekend that hag queen's fine yeah, well, that's, that's a whole... Uh, actually, speaking of Grimgast, um, oh. really, no, 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 really quickly, if you guys haven't seen Forbidden Power, um, there is a really cool Legion of Grief build. I was talking to Deke and a few Death players, and um, it's got some legs. I think you may stop seeing Nighthaunt altogether. Um, really, there's not a lot of difference between them other than you lose the, the Underworld kind of summoning, and the Battalions are not currently are not available in... Um, in legion of grief but uh it sounds really cool they've got a unique spell or unique artifacts um you get the um the grave sites um looks really cool so they don't need grave sites they just don't need grave sites they don't need it they really don't <laughs> you reckon it's time to talk topics now we reckon we get into the 40k why people want to talk about pip heels yeah let's do it all right so uh let's 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 maybe open up really broad, broad question. How long did you both play forty k, and what did you play, Dave? <laughs> um, yeah, I'll start this. I started playing forty k uh, in my early twenties, <laughs> which was a long time ago. I'm not going to tell you how long. Um, <laughs> No, nah, I think I played 40K for about six, let's say six, eight years, maybe. Let's say six. Six sounds better. I played 40K for six years. Um, and it was the first kind of tabletop game I'd gotten into. I moved to a new city and I was pretty bored. Which edition was that and what was in the box set? It was 50. I thought it was just like a sly way of asking like, how old he is <laughs> like like that was a very oh, sly way so i played 40k and below me uh for contrast paint point of view i've got three thousand points of sisters of battle all metal except for the the new plastic saint celestine but my first okay. one was the original uh i think it was storm uh stormcast uh space marines and orcs orcs and grots with the little uh so mine was like second or third edition so i'm a little bit older than you dave it's all right <laughs> cool. Um, yeah, it was fifth edition when I joined. What was the box in fifth? Tyranid. I mean, space it had Marines. space marines in it. Had there space marines and tyranids. Battle for Ultramar. That's yeah. that's the one, right? Yeah, yeah. I, it's the one I picked up when I was a kid. <laughs> Not having to make people feel old. Oh, I was a kid. <laughs> I was a like, kid. Like I was like I was a kid, twelve or something. So this, that was like when I first got into Warhammer. Right, so Dave, the old bastard, has been playing for almost 10 years. He's uh, all the gray, grays yeah. in his hair because he's playing 5th edition. Just haggard and ruined. Meanwhile, Jordan, you know, young and preppy. Got it when he was three years old, probably. <laughs> and what were you playing? What, was the, uh, what were the armies that you fell in love with um, in 40K? Look, straight up, I am through and through Space Marines. I love them. And I still love them. And if Space Marines were in AOS, it is it is all I'd play. They are in AOS. Which uh, which <laughs> chapter? Not. Which which chapter? And Jordan, you're about to get kicked off this stream. <laughs> um, I'm a huge fan of Blood Angels, and I'm also a huge fan of Ultramarines. 
the the OGs, both OGs actually. They started with Blood Angels, then went to Ultras. I'm more of a Dark Angels guy. Ah, see, nah, nah, boo. That's like... I'm, I'm Space Wolf, so I love the Space Wolf, and uh, I'm probably this close of like converting like a like a Space Wolf themed Stormcast. But so Nathan's on. Yeah, Nathan Prince's color scheme is basically the Space Marine color, uh, the Space Wolf color scheme. I want to do like the fur cloaks and like, but then that involves green stuff. So too much. And also contrast paints come out in like two or three weeks. So you can smash it out. And we got, yeah. we, look, to be fair, we got an even older bastard in the chat. We've got Andrew Bigwood who started off with Rogue Trader. So he's, he is OG. <laughs> I don't, yeah. So Dave, you played Ultramarines, you played uh, Blood Angels. Uh, were they the only, like, the, they were they your primary um, uh, factions? Uh, look, I went um, pretty whack in fifth and I played Grey Knights. Uh, anyone who's played 40K um, around fifth edition, which is to me the golden edition. The it was a good edition. Ever was and ever will be. Um, and Grey Knights. Cybold ammunition. I still remember it all. Cypherman. Oh, it was a good time. Oh, maybe, maybe we've just stirred, stirred some emotions and we're about to lose a. <laughs> You know, win the Masters three times in a row and go to 40K. Uh, hopefully not. Um, but Jordan, you've been playing as well and you've recently come over to... Um, oh, and before, Dave, you uh, you played it up until... When did you kind of start crossing over? Um, I crossed over when AOS first released. I think it was in 7th edition because 7th edition started to get just wild. And I think that's... I think... The end of six was kind of where it started to go down a bit for me. And seventh edition came out and I was just like, eh, I've had enough. Tried out AOS and it was it was crazy as well because it was no no rules really. Um, so it was before GHB you came into the AOS side? Yeah. Yeah, yeah it was. I remember playing with a, with a mate of mine and we were measuring ranges from like the tip of a, a Skaven spear and it – Oh, that was a weird, (laughs) weird dark time. Weird, weird, weird dark time. Yeah, Yeah. I remember. (laughs) I remember. And and Jordan, before I I go to your story, uh, Dave, is there anything that we need to know about the Beast Pack? Yeah, Beast Pack. (laughs) So Beast Pack was built in 6th edition that was just criminal. (laughs) So I... I was undefeated with that beast pack basically across multiple states. And it was just, it was a rude list to play. And it probably what is a beast pack? Um, it was a mix of Eldar and Dark Eldar. Oh, okay, cool. I know what you're on about. Yeah, just yeah. mixed all of the characters into a Dark Elder beast pack who had four ups. And then you cast Fortune, so that four up, four up, and they could retreat yeah. and charge. And the best guy had every special rule there was. Yeah, it was like similar to like, Tauda, where it's like Tau and Elder together. It was a very dark time. Yeah. Yeah, cool. Yep. I, I vaguely know. Yeah, cool. You was a nasty hoe. And Jordan, <laughs> were, you, were you as whack as Dave? Like, tell us about your history of 40K. Uh, so, properly, like, collecting and playing a, 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 just around three years of 40K, I started with chaos i'm definitely a chaos kind of guy i like chaos um i've dipped my my toe in the space marine pool as well 
and played some Dark Angels for a little bit in seven. Good faction. Um, yeah, and I played a little bit naughty as well, like a top rerollable jink kind of stuff. Oh. Um, yeah, you guys, uh, you guys are selling me forty k so well. <laughs> <laughs> um, but primarily, you know, I played Thousand Suns, and Death Guard, and Tyranids, uh, just because I like. I like those factions. I like they're a bit more unique. It was more about lore stuff for me at the beginning. And then, of course, playing a couple games, kind of picking what units that are better, kind of getting a bit of an understanding. So I really started playing in 7th, which is kind of confusing for me at the beginning, uh, just with the whole damage charts and the tables. Of yeah. Toughness to strength, that was just a bit whack. Um, but then, yeah, jumped over to Age of Sigma this, around this year, yeah. What is it? Um, you were more of a hobbyist at first, weren't you? You weren't really into gaming. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Um, I remember you'd come into the store, getting painting advice and stuff, and then like seeing your like painting like step up so much with thousand sides, which is probably the most bitch of an army to paint in forty k. Would you agree? I, I was like, I did the Warhammer TV version where you spray them all retributed gold and then just paint in the blue details. Blocking, yeah, yeah. So it worked yeah. really well. <laughs> Such a detailed army. It's yeah. awesome. It's awesome to learn from as well. I feel like you you step up a bit. So you were just uh, but so you were just some thousand suns, a bit of chaos, and some dark angels. Yeah, and um, but the end of it was it was death guard. Yeah. Before coming to AOS, um, cool. I now play Nurgle in AOS, so not much changed. Yeah, same painting scheme. Yeah, I, it was just more because I could dip my toe in uh, with yeah. uh, Age of Sigmar with demons, and if I yeah. didn't like it, I've got demons. Cool. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Solid. So did you guys um, play casually? I know, Dave, you've had a, a history of, of tournament play, correct me if I'm wrong, um, but you got, did you guys both play tournaments? And if you guys did play tournaments, um, what was what's a 40K tournament like? I've never been. Also, like, what was a hobby like as well in that? Yeah, okay. So um... <laughs> you, Dave, I've never played a 40K tournament. I've only played oh, really? like a, local, a local games tournament, and that's it. It's so very low-key. Okay, I played a lot of 40K tournaments over my time. So I'm going to uh, sit back, kids, and um, have a listen while I go back in time. Um, so 40K events in 5th edition was the most similar to how AOS is now with the scene so it was really good everyone was everyone was very friendly we had a thing called a thing called a composition score um, which kind of brought everyone down and made them bring softer lists which you know love it or hate it it's what it was um, so yeah the, the fifth edition scene was really booming in 40k I thought it was awesome um, as and I'm, I've I know where we're going to go with this discussion, so I'll leave it. But as kind of 40k moved on in their editions, and it just got wilder and wilder, and the American scene started to really infiltrate into our scene, um, there were some serious changes that happened, and I think are still very detrimental to the Australian scene to this day. Um, but yeah, if you go to a 40K event, 
these days from what I've seen and I've still got mates who play, um, it's a very different feel and a very different atmosphere to Age of Sigma. And, you know, like, uh, and, you know, I want to, I want to frame this discussion as say, this is not a, a bitch fest to say, uh, 40k sucks or Sigma sucks or, um, you know, both are very unique games. And I know there are lots of people in the community who either solely play AOS who may be considering 40k and they see some of the cool models coming out or vice versa. They're 40k people who are seeing all the great levels of hobby and, uh, you know, local tournaments are, uh, and they're thinking about dipping their toes or maybe, as Jordan mentioned, they have um, some some demons that they can bring over from 40K into Sigma. They've got the round bases and they want to kind of get an experience. So, uh, yeah, like, please, you know, if, if it was shit, like, be honest. Um, but I, 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 I'm really not trying to drive a conversation which is which one's better because I think they're both unique. Um, and it's interesting hearing about the American scene because – the from what I've heard from the Americans in um, in AOS, you know, you've got this emerging ITC and ETC, and um, there's differences between Adepticon and LVO, which are um, two very different competitions, and each kind of has this, you know, the Midwest, the East, and the West. Well, yeah, like all of all the scenes are very different because of this influence of of the ITC ETC communities. Um, yeah, yeah, definitely. So yeah, as as you're saying, Magra, it's definitely not a uh, a slur on um, 40k. Like, I would probably just say that 40k at the moment is more like, let's say, Magic the Gathering, where it's based on your like deck, your army, and it's um, kind of the best combos you can pull out as quick um, as you can. I find, yeah, whereas I find AOS is 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 kind of wound right back, and it gives. I mean, I'm going to be biased here because I love AOS and I love the rule set for it. All I want is Space Marines in AOS and then I think I'd be just super happy. <laughs> right. But you probably, Dave, have you, did you see this because you were uh, um, an OG um, AOS player is, you know, from the end times we kind of saw AOS or Warhammer Fantasy kind of, become 40k-ified and you know we moved to the round bases it become a bit more skirmish um the game changed and you know stratagems slash command points have now been introduced but off the back of the success of aos we've now started to see um some of the aos rules kind of going over to 40k um have are you noticing that as well or am i just dreaming and and, and making shit up no i definitely i definitely think the rules writers of both are trying to take the the coolest ideas from both and and put them in. I definitely noticed in the last uh, the the chapter approved that the missions that they brought out in that were very AOSy. They're very similar, um, yeah. Yeah, and I, I really like that. I think the AOS missions are way better than the forty k ones were. I was throughout. Yeah, I just remember I was at my local store. And these group of 40k guys came up to me like, oh, like we've got this really cool mission. You get to burn objectives and stuff. I'm like, look, AOS has had that for two years. And they're just like, what? I'm like, yeah, we've had that for two years. And go, oh, how do you guys find it? I'm like, oh, yeah, it's, an, it's a scenario we play on, like, ongoing. It's just like, I think for some 40k players, they're like mind blown, but like you can burn an objective. They're like, what? And I was like, yeah. like. But in saying that, like you look at some of the 40k missions and Jordan, you've probably seen this where, you know, at the moment, AOS is very much like you split the board in half, whether it's, you know, long ways or um, or in the middle. 
uh, or, you know, you got cut it diagonally. But 40K has got some really interesting um, deployment. deployment maps and, you know, very, very unique. Um, like, what was that? What's what's that like? Because I get the feeling you're going to start to see those in the, some of the new General's Handbook. It wouldn't surprise me if you start seeing some 40K-style um, uh, deployment zones. I like different deployment zones. It makes you play differently regardless of playing 40k or AOS, I think it's a good thing to mix it up. So you're not playing the same, you know, put everything in one line and run forward. You're, you have to think about your placement a bit more. Um, it, it, even just for being in range of shooting or for, say, getting a charge off an AOS, um, I think it's, it's good. It's, it's an awesome thing to have. I think one thing I would love to say, do you think uh, I would like to see it, um, is Endless Spells obviously has changed the game um, for us. And, you know, seeing this, the cinematic magic kind of come to life. Do you reckon we'll ever see, like, psychic phase and psychic stuff come into play for 40K, like, endless spells? Maybe. Um, that's the thing, though. Like, for, for psychers in 40K, it's all about, you know, like, your mind blows or something when you've gotten too much power or, or demons manifest and stuff like that. So it's interesting. I'm kind of, I like that in AOS you don't, roll a double and you're like, oh, my head exploded. Awesome. <laughs> Which is kind of nice. So you're looking to cast magic and not feel like you're going to run nah. double sixes. And when, when, you, when you roll a 12 and then when you add in all the buffs and stuff, it's like you're casting value of 14 and you just look at your opponent going like, do you want to try and dispel it? That's AOS. No, I actually miss, <laughs> I miss the, the um, total, um, the, the double one or the double six. The, um, uh, I, don't. I, I, I really liked it. I, I, I played like 13 sorcerers in Thousand Suns and, some aren't lists. It's just not fun. Like, I'd kill myself twice a game. <laughs> it just becomes normal. Yeah, you're like, oh, cool, I'm going to die. So what got you guys into... What got what you guys first interested in AOS? For me, it was community in Sydney. Um, Good answer. Of, oh, it is. It, it honestly is. Like, it's community... Uh, uh, just because it's a different community... I would go in on Thursday night, uh, you know, Sydney, it's like, you know, late night. Everyone would come in for hobby or play a couple of games or skirmish games. And it just always looked like a lot of fun. Um, plus, you know, we all like to play a bit of sci-fi and, you know, play a little bit of fantasy. That's, that's where that kind of comes from. You know, you watch the Lord of the Rings, you don't think, oh, I'm going to go shoot something. You think, oh, I'm going to play with some orcs or I want to play with some elves or something. Um, kind of like that for me. And Dave, you were mentioning the scene was starting to change from sixth to seventh. Like, what got you into like jumping and and, and looking into Sigma? Um, I saw the Glockkin. <laughs> um, so the end time stuff came. So the Glockkin and the Blight Kings, um, they came out. And I was like, hot oh, damn, got to have me some of them. And a mate was playing. And look, to be honest, when AOS first came out and there was no rules and stuff, I was like, oh, this is stupid. If it keeps on going this way, it's never going to kick off. But, you know, I'm going to have a bit of fun with it as a side game. And then as it expanded and everyone started getting into it, and I like Jordan's answer there, the community, like it was like it was like a fresh start. Yeah. And, um, it just cut out like all the toxic players who went, who went and played Kings of War or Ninth Age. Yeah, it, it really was like, so there was no, like, there was no politics already in it or there was no, 
like angst or, or or bad rivalry. Like it was really just a fresh start, and I loved it. Yeah, fair enough. Um, so was it like what was your first armies and stuff for AOS? So you were mentioning Dave that you were doing Nurgle. Yeah, I went straight to the Nurgle. Cool, the and then beers. and then Jordan, what was it? What's your first army as well? Nurgle. Okay, cool. Sweet. All right, so it sounds like uh, we need to do an intro video, which is basically, uh, welcome to AOS. Here is your Nurgle Force. Here's your Nurgle Force. Have fun. So why did both of you come over with Nurgle? Because, Dave, you're a space marine. And, yeah, and complete it sounds, opposite. And it sounds like, you know, Jordan, you, you dabbled in a few areas, maybe Zench a little bit, but you've come to to the, the festival, the carnival of, of, of the Great Unclean One. Celebration of life. <laughs> Why? Why was why was it these guys? Dave mentioned you got Glaglocken first. Yeah, just those models—they were so good. Like those end times models. Yeah, you think about what was out. coming out at the time. That was so good. Like all those vermin lords, uh, the Dankwall and Bong Ripper, um, the Glockin, the Blight Kings—all those um, corn. Like the I think the Bloodthirster came out then. The new one. Yeah. And the Wrathmongers and the Skull Reapers, like they were just spot on. They'd gone up a scale. They were just super detailed. It was like the new, the new style, the new fantasy that they obviously had in mind. High fantasy, yeah. Jordan, and Jordan anything from yourself? Uh, I went for Nurgle just because I like playing a tough army. Um, as as just like the saying before, like you can play certain armies and you'll get punished if you make a mistake. I feel like you don't really get that that much punishment playing Nurgle because you do have a ward save on a lot of stuff and you're like, sweet, I, I messed up, but I've rolled my five up and I'm really happy. <laughs> yeah. And the chat's, yeah. the chat's made some really good points as well. Like, you know, Death had some really awesome models come out from the end time. You know, had the new, new Nagash, so we went from little clown Nagash to this amazing model that, uh, you know, is dominating the table now. The Mortux came out. There were so many really cool kits. Um, and the thing about Nurgle for me is it's so forgiving. Um, not only is it a forgiving army to play with, but also from a painter's point of view. Yeah. Um, just washes. Well, you can just mess it up. It's like It, it looks like bile. It looks like blood. It's, it doesn't have to be pretty and clean and kind of crisp. Yeah. And you can do whatever colors you want. You don't have to stick to a color theme. You can do any kind of Nurgle. And that's what you've been saying, like, like blues, yellows. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. I think oh, those and... contrast paints are gonna absolutely kill Nurgle. <laughs> like in a good way, or we're we gonna see yeah, like yeah, yeah. like it, Nurgle armies will be done in a second with those yeah. contrast paints. Yeah, the fact that like the models that they gave to like test out the paints on Warmerfest was like um the 40k uh poxwalkers and whatever. It's just like cool. This is like literally just your way of saying if you want to do a Nurgle army, you'll get it done in a week and a half before that event. You know that thrice board you always want to do? Do it in a week. Well, I've got I've got eighty blue horrors, uh, fifty brimstones, and about forty or fifty pinks right behind me. Uh, and you say I'm the filth player. Hey, 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 hey! They're fourth edition medals. Uh, uh, not not, not, not not the fires and the brims, but the oh I know a lot of the blues and the pinks are, are, are medals from fourth from fifth. But like that contrast paint is going to be awesome for it. It's just going to be bang bang. I've now got tabletop. Um, but I want to ask Dave about your experience from uh, from coming over to the Masters. And then, Jordan, I want to know your experience from your first tournament. So, Dave, 
you obviously came over from uh, from 40K into Sigma. You made your mark. You won the Masters in our very first competitive season. You you took out some bigger events, and then you backed it up with the next year. So you went uh, Aussie oh, Master nice. 2017, 2018. Was there anything from your 40K experience that kind of groomed you or helped, you know, set you up for success or things that kind of really helped you kind of hit the ground running or was it just no correlation? Uh, no, definitely. It definitely set me up. Um, I was fairly successful in 40K and I think um, to be good in a tabletop game, there's always the same key and that is your movement how you set up, how you move your models, your units, where you place them. That is the number one thing in a game. You can win the game without firing a shot or swinging a sword just by where you put your models. Um, so that, that definitely uh, kind of moulded me and I already had a kind of a competitive uh, knowledge mindset in tournaments. So, you know, those those high pressure games um, didn't really uh, get to me. <laughs> um, I would often actually try throw a ton of bands at the other person, maybe try um, get them off. Yeah, um, <laughs> do you, make them a bit more nervous. Like the famous, like the famous when uh, we're on the master stream and you call that Chris Welfare for having a nervous poo, and uh, yeah. I, I remember that. And like I got to Chris, maybe uh, he'll never admit it, but. Uh, you, you do throw shade a lot. Oh, he'll never admit it, but yeah. Because um, I came around the corner and Chris was saying, he's like, yeah, we're playing. And I'm like, yeah, I know. And then he's he threw something at me, he threw some shade, and I was just like, right, Chris, it's on. <laughs> and um, from then till the end of the game, it was just constant at him. So, yeah, <laughs> he definitely did a nervous poo. The one thing I do that throws people off is like pre-measuring. Like, you know how like you sometimes like pre-measure, like you just do threat ranges just randomly, just measure stuff randomly it just throws people off and like what are you mentioning like oh none of your business that yeah just throws it and i know that's like from 40 like i know people did that in 40k a lot when i used to play just pre-measure like what are you doing like oh you know none of your business i was like don't don't do that like i'm now like completely <laughs> fucked my mind is fucked yeah when they're setting up if you like if you put like a nine inch measure like on their side of the board when they're setting up that <laughs> then they'll be like oh crap <laughs> <laughs> Gotta keep those nine-inch buffer zones. You may have nothing in your army that deep strikes, but it's still just you know they're just like eh. it's just constantly there being like, oh, what does this? And they're like, it's none of your business. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I love it. I and mean, Dave, and Dave's very successful. I think I think the the uh, not wearing shoes and um, you know being in your socks uh, is that a forty k thing? <laughs> yeah, that is. That's from my forty k days, definitely. Um, just kick the kick the shoes off, uh, stand there in the socks. I think that's when people know that I'm um, kind of concentrating a bit. Uh, is yeah, shoes are off. Shoes <laughs> off. So you're you're the because because you know fantasy probably wasn't um, uh, movement wasn't as important um, for me. I, if I think about my whole army, I was trying to mitigate battle shock. That was the one of the big pieces from my fantasy days and having, you know, ranks of 40 and 50 dudes, making sure I had characters in each unit, you know, blah, blah, blah. Um, so, yeah, the objective play definitely wasn't in um, fantasy. So it sounds like that really set you off for success. Um, yeah, so yeah, definitely. So that's, that's another thing. AOS is a fully objective-based game, and I'm really happy about that. I think Kill Points is a bit of a, bit of a wasted game. Um, Kill points is slowly getting cut out in um, 
tiebreakers at the moment, which is good. Yeah, I like it too. It's not in Sydney GT, fun fact. (laughs) Um, Notorious didn't really do it either. Like, we did strength of schedule, which I thought was great. Like, you want to, like, when you beat someone, you want to, like, make sure they're doing well as well afterwards. Being like, come on, like, you need to do well to make me look good. Like, (laughs) but yeah, like, yeah, AOS is very much an objective-based game, while every time I watch a 40k game, it's just like, who can shoot the best? That's my, like, when I see it. It, it does seem to be a bit now when I watch 40k. I, I watch um, Tabletop Tactics still, because I He's just good. Love, He's yeah, good. The, the battle reps they put out are just, they're, they're really entertaining. So even though I don't play 40k anymore, I still watch those, those and they keep me kind of updated on 40k. But they're just funny dudes. He's, it it kind of seems like those two turns. Oh, amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Now, he used to be top player, like one of the top players, right? Still is. Lawrence, yeah, I think he yeah. still does really well. Yeah. yeah, He's cool dude. Cool videos. Speaking of cool dudes, Jordan. <laughs> you first attended, you, very, you just had your first experience at... Border Wars down in Albury, run by Heralds of War, uh, Travis and um, and Adam, um, and that was your very first um, tournament. So, how did you go? How did you find it? Um, and what what was did you your do to prepare it? Um, I found it really, really, uh, really good. Actually, I I was worried, you know, first tournament that you know you're going to walk in because I played a lot of 40k prior to this. Um, or even just competitive games in general, where you find it, you get a little bit toxic here and there. But I had some awesome opponents. I was really lucky, and um, I just had a great time in regards to playing people. It was just awesome. Uh, I came second. I was very surprised as <laughs> as much as anyone. I uh, didn't expect to do so well. Um, I prepared-wise, I just played a lot of games with uh, Liam, actually. And some games with Dan Brewer, who's awesome to learn from, I must say. He will teach you everything you need to know. Um, and then when it came down to, like, matches, well, you, I was finding out what army I'd be playing against. And I would have a look at their battle tome and kind of get an eye, try and work out what their army does quite quickly. You know, um, say if, you know, that special character is the key to your army, I'm going to try and kill it to try and stop you from killing me heaps. Or something like that. Um, just kind of figure out ways to negate other people was more about what I did for preparation, I would say, just, rather than learning the scenarios. Just quickly, Jordan, it was like his first time like doing different scenarios, but he hasn't practiced. But I just remember, I think it was like the Saturday night, he found out that he's playing Daughters. And he just like looked at me and Dan and goes, what does Daughters do? And we're like, everything really fucking good. And he was just like, oh, what? And we like explained him like what they did. He goes, that sounds fucked. And we're like, yeah, that's daughters. And um, he got the win. And we're like, that's the way to do it. Um, but yeah, it was cool to see how he went so quickly as well. Um, kill those hag queens. Kill it. <laughs> kill all the hag queens. Um, mm-hmm. How did you find um, your hobby? Like what, like, what else did you prep? Did you find like the deadline kind of like stressed you out? Yeah, a little bit. In like two weeks, I painted forty models, so it was um, a bit of a, a bit of a rush. I don't paint my models three minimum colors either because it bothers me. I need to have fully painted models when I play, um, especially in a tournament, because I do want people to kind of 
see how much work I've put in rather than just rushing something. So, uh, as you know, the Friday beforehand, I'd had two hours sleep painting uh, 20 plague bearers in one hit. Yeah. <laughs> so, when you played 40k, though, you were very much more of a casual gamer. You're very casual. Yeah, more... very casual. So, coming into your first tournament, do you think like, it was a huge step up, though, when you used to play just super casually? Like, you feel like you had to, like, um, step up a lot? Or did you find just, like, having enough practice games with Dan and stuff was fine or do you feel like you needed more practice i felt like the practice was good i was a little worried going in playing armies that i haven't played before yeah. um like my first game i was really worried i was going to lose because i'd never played against ko and i was like oh, i'm going to get shot i'm going to lose characters this isn't going to be fun for me i'm, I'm going to die um i was an excellent game by the way uh, my yeah. uh, chris cousins he's an excellent person to play against lots of fun shout out to um, dwellers below yeah, yeah, they're good guys. Chris is actually leaving to go to the UK, I think, uh, soon. So I think it's like the next week or two. Yeah. I know he's not at Lords of War. We'll be down for Lords of War to see them as well. Should be cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. So let me ask you guys, when, uh, you know, when you guys switched from, from 40K to Sigma, did you guys find – how common was the, I guess, the rule set between them? Like, were they – similar games were there big differences or you know what were some of the things that kind of caught you out or uh you had to unlearn and relearn is there anything that kind of comes comes to mind declaring your charge i had to learn not to say it You're like you don't have to do it so which is nice so in 40k you've got to state who you're trying to charge and in yeah, aos so you declare prior to charging on what units you're going to charge uh and it's because you get to overwatch your opponent so even if you failed your charge, you're still getting shot in the face. And what's Overwatch awesome. for the people who don't know what so that means? Overwatch is when you get to shoot at something that's uh, about to charge you. So say uh, normally it's sixes, you hit. Uh, unless you have a flamer, then you auto hit. So say if you're charging a Tyranid or something into something with flamers, most likely you're going to die. And even if you failed the charge, you could just be shot in the face. <laughs> Dave, what about yourself? Did you notice any rules uh, that were different? I think one of the biggest rules differences between 40K and AOS is AOS has a predefined stat for every unit. Um, 40K, you have different strengths on guns because guns are the main thing. <clears throat> so you have a predefined strength on your guns and then everyone has a toughness value. Um, so you, you compare the pair. Um, if you're equal, it's fours. Better, it's threes. Worse, it's fives. So that's, um, I think that's one of the main differences. Whereas AOS, you just look at your war scroll and I'm hitting on threes no matter what. So with buffs involved. While you're on that, you're talking about different guns and stuff. Do you find, this is to both of you and whatever, but um, do you find that list building in AOS is way more easier than 40k? I think it's better. Yeah. Uh, it goes back to what I think was the golden era of 40K 5th edition where you had a, a combined arms detachment, which is similar to now where you have to take uh, an HQ and two troops. Um, in AOS, we have to take a hero and three battle line. Um, so AOS, I think you're going to find it's easier because you're kind of stuck in those sections whereas 40k 
as I'm sure anyone who's looked at 40k, um, it's a bit of a it's a bit of a minefield. You're like, okay, I'm taking um, five detachments. Cool. What are those detachments? So this hero's in this one. This one's in that one. This one's in that one. And they've all got the different. So they'll all have different for AOS people chambers or enclaves for each different detachment, and they've just cherry picked. Um, yeah. Chaos. So I think list writing in AOS is way easier from a competitive and a casual standpoint. Yeah, I, I don't. I, look, I I really enjoyed the customization of of the old fantasy days where you could have a unit of twenty seven. Um, you know, I didn't have to take my fanatics in blocks of five. Um, but in but in in saying that as well, you um, there's a lot of complexity and 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 having to. Um, even WYSIWYG your model. So if you're going to have three with a bolt gun and two with a, a LAS pistol, you're going to have to have that on every every unit. And if I change it to have only one LAS pistol and a chainsaw or something, um, I've got I've got to go out and kind of convert or paint more models. Where that AOS is like, you get five dudes, four have this champion can have this. You can have a banner or a musician and one or the other. So, but then it kind of frustrates me sometimes where I'm list building and I've got that spare 10, 20, 30 points and I don't want an endless spell, but I'd love to put in three more dudes um, if I could, but I can't. Um, I don't know. Do you guys feel the same or is that something that you're okay with? (laughs) I'm sure we've all had that moment where we're 10 points over a list and the list is perfect. How do I cut this 10 points? Like, oh, if only I could just get rid of two dudes out of that unit. So, yeah, I'm sure we've all faced that frustration. Yeah, I feel like it's a bit cleaner, though, like having those restrictions because then you haven't got these weird numbers of units and stuff. I remember when uh, the end... Dave, you don't really do. You didn't really do this, but with the Plague Tide Warband, people understrength Marauders or whatever to get a special buff. It was just like these weird numbers of Marauders, just because of a special rule. And it was just like a really weird time. I was like, "What is going on? Like, why do you only have like eighteen, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, models or Marauders?" It was just, it was just odd. Like, but they, like, but they paid full price for it. That's they paid the... full price for it, but they underpriced. I was just like, this is weird. Like, why would I do this? And I just remember Dave, I think it was that Cindy Slaughter. He goes, nah, I'm good. Don't need it. Don't care. And just like went off and took out the tournament. And I was just like, okay, damn. Okay. No one cares about that second rule. But um, what I was going to say was like, recently I've been writing lists for Slanesh and um, Sylvaneth, and I'm always like 10 points over. And it's just like one of those eye roll things, like what do I have to remove? And... Um, and at the moment, what I do like about AOS is like, if you go under point, like by 50, you get a command point, like you buy a command point for that. So if you, let's just say you lose that 80 point character and now you're like at eight, like 1920 or 1930, you get a command point or something else, but yeah, it gets really annoying. It just gets infuriating. <laughs> yeah. That, that 10 point bracket, like 1960, so many army lists that are 1960. <laughs> at least you get a triumph if, unless someone's at 1950 yeah, yeah. You I like forget about points. the triumph I've been remembering it's triumphs good. every game it's been great yeah you shouldn't forget those um, awesome um, so what are the differences you've noticed between the two communities Dave <laughs> uh, 
Well, Jordan's been the most recent. Um, so I guess you can go, Jordan, and then I'll go back to uh, Old days. my storied history. Yeah. <laughs> um, I found the difference is, like, community-wise, I think Australia's got an excellent uh, AOS scene. We're really friendly, and it's not about, hey, I'm going to take the most broken unit I can, and I'm going to spam it, and, you know, you're going to not have that much fun. It's about, as, as, as people have been saying, hold my beer, watch me do this, and, you know, running a list that isn't the best optimized with the best things, but still playing well with it is, is the more the focus I feel about AOS as opposed to 40K where it's, as you were saying, it is about the list, you know, that, that list will beat that list rather than this player is uh, more skilled than the other one. Uh, Community-wise, I, I just find it's friendlier, more interactive because you, you say you're playing combat all the time. You, it's, a, it's a good engagement. You're like, oh, you made your save, I've lost my save, or you win, I win that kind of stuff, whereas in 40k it's a bit different, where it's like, oh, I'm going to, you take that off, um, it's not as interactive, so it's kind of different. And, yeah. and, and, you know, like, again, this is not shitting on 40k or Sigma, but, you know, I, I, I've heard recently that, you know, some tournaments are introducing chess clocks. Um, <sighs> you know, I, I, you know and, and I, don't, I don't know how you guys feel about chess clocks, um, but I can see how that um, may... Re- reduce the interactivity you guys have between them but you know in saying that i'd probably say that 40k is probably more of a competitive a true competitive like dave alluded to with magic is it's probably a a truer level of competition you know lvo i think had a thousand 40k players uh no sigma event has had a thousand players um uh, adepticon had uh, maybe 400 or 500 players again 500 like that's it's ridiculous um, so I'd say, you know, if we're looking for true competition, 40K um, is T-sporting and, you know, all of that competitive it's, scene. It's, but, just speaking Mago, it's closer to T-sports. However, as you alluded to at Adepticon, 40K has a huge, they, their whole community, both in AOS and 40K, is they have a huge dropout after the first two games, remember? While in AOS, everyone has a fucking great time. And if you lose your first game, you don't see anyone pack up their things and just jet off. I disagree. Sigma had uh, uh, between game one and game two uh, of day of, of, of day one of um, AOS championships in Adepticon, there was about ten to twelve drop offs. Okay. And I know between day one and day two, there was about thirty players drop off because they they weren't in line for a prize. So okay. uh, I, that might be an American. Um, I think it's an American thing potentially. I, I, I guess you know like. I see 40k as more of a more of a t sport, more of a competitiveness, just based on again numbers and all that stuff. But Dave, you actually played at tournaments, so I want to hear your thoughts on uh, the differences between the two, or maybe yeah, what what did you notice? Yeah, so AOS is still very young. 40k has been around now. It's the it's the old game. It used to be the other way around where fantasy was the old game. So 40K has had a long time to grow uh, grudges or bad feelings um, within itself. 
it's also spent a lot of time in the days where Games Workshop would release like maybe three codexes a year um, and they wouldn't release FAQs. So if there was a busted army out there, a.k.a. Tower, a.k.a. Eldar, um, people just had to live with it and deal with it, which, which does create um, and can create resentments. Like why isn't my cool army that I've painted and want to play able to compete with these um, things. And, and that's boys, obviously yeah. changed now from from Games Workshop's point of view, and that's really good. And I really like seeing Games Workshop involving the community more and, and releasing these FAQs. But I guess to get down to nuts and bolts about the community, 40K has developed into an extremely competitive environment at a yeah. tournament. Um. It is more of a really gritty tournament game over AOS because of that uh, micromanagement on your list building. Um, and, you know, there's been events in America where someone's been over by seven points. They've done well. They've been over by seven points because of a plasma pistol. And the, the absolute uproar that has caused has just been um, ridiculous. But... I guess over in America, um, you have more people playing 40K for sure, and they are the driving force, I think, behind the global 40K scene. Yeah. And when you take it out of Games Workshop's hands and you put it into a, let's say, a private enterprise like the ITC and they suddenly start controlling all of the rankings and missions. Comping. Yeah, and the way the game is played – like they essentially change the game and you're no longer playing Games Workshop's game, then, you know, you're going to get this hyper-competitive environment. And for myself, I like being competitive, but I don't like being hyper-competitive. I don't yeah. like getting to a table and thinking, okay, um, am I going to, you know, have a get into a, a bit of a, a, a bit of a, a Barney, I suppose. Um, yeah because this person really wants to, to win. win. And it's just unfortunate because 40K is really cool and I can't really paint it in a different light. Um, I've seen it and it really sucks. <laughs> just, just quickly, 40K in America, they have huge prize money pool, right? They do. That's another thing. If you bring money into prizes, then it, it does become more than uh, a game. Uh, yeah, a game or a hobby, it suddenly becomes something you can profit from. A sport. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. cool. That's I, wanna... I mean, in my, mind you as well, like, you know, Magic the Gathering uh, uh, wasn't long ago, actually, they had an event where there was a million dollars as a first prize, uh, you know, which is crazy. Um, you know, I, I think we're lucky to get like a box of miniatures in AO AOS and we're like, yay. Or a gaming yeah. mat. Super excited. So, um, you know, the competitive scene in 40K is awesome, but because it's hot, it's super com competitive, you're going in there to win um, and, you know, to not dig up any any uh, bad wounds or, you know, anything that's just healing. But, you know, we saw last year, I think we saw Alex, was it Alex Harrison or we had some issues on streams where, you know, people were caught cheating and there was big blow-ups and we probably haven't seen that just yet in AOS, but... In saying that, we have started to see 
our game change a little bit as well. So um, it's not to say that we're on a high horse and everything's perfect in Sigma. Um, this stuff will happen. Um, but I, think, I guess it depends on how the community responds. And I think, Dave, you, you just had a really interesting point around the ITC and the ETC kind of overruling, um, where at the moment it probably hasn't quite happened in our game yet. And I don't know if it will, um, but... They've kind it's of tried it in Australia. I remember there was like some talk of ITC and stuff want to do their own ranking thing. And we just said like, stop, Heralds are doing it. We don't need you. And we just kind of like left them there. Well, we started seeing the um, the ETC uh, team tournaments, which was big in fantasy and still run in 40K. And um, the ETC have tried to restart the uh, the team tournament in, in Serbia or whatever it is. And it doesn't seem like um, there's a lot of traction from Australia yet. Um, but, uh, but then you've got the six nations, which is happening, I think this weekend or next weekend, which is weekend. our own equivalent, but, uh, without the ETC or the ITC involvement. So, um, kind of like, yeah, let's, let's not be on a high horse that we're, we're perfect. The things are going great, but at the same time, um, the, yeah, the competitive scene is, is, you know, you are at a, another level. It's not beers and bants and, you know, you know, you listen to measured gaming boys and they'd love to get on the piss and, you know, to have a good time and roll dice and, 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 th and throw shit at people like shade. Um, not saying that they throw fecal matter, but they, um, but that, that, that type of environment is, uh, is what you're trading up, um, in order to be super competitive. Yeah. Is that fair? Is that a fair assumption from my, my little podium view of not playing since fourth. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. And look, if you're, because this is a cross kind of 40K to AOS, AOS to 40K, if you play AOS and you just want to get into some like really competitive tabletop environment, which I know some people really enjoy, yeah. then, you know, power to you. It's going to be really great for you. They've just well, no knights, so you don't have to take them. Well, what is it Um, in AOS at the moment? Uh, like to be competitive, we have great tools out now thanks to the Honest Wargamer with his statistics and his handbook and stuff. Where, like, now, whenever, like, if someone wants to come in from 40k going into AOS, they're going to be like, cool. It's either they're going to find a net list or they're going to read the Honest Wargamer book and be like, cool, I'm going to write an army list based off this. Um, so, there is to that as well. It's just, I think you can just, yeah, I, so interesting hearing what 40k is like and i just glad aos isn't like that yet but <laughs> as, as we've been saying like younger game there's probably less people as well so you're going to think of exposure uh, as yeah. opposed to like you know more exposure to one game than the other yeah um, it, as fantasy was i've never played fantasy and imagine it was very different to age of sigma as well um where we talk about all these differences they're probably quite similar yeah, and and you're a hundred percent right. When um, so I I played fantasy since third edition. Um, really got into my peak between fourth and like sixth. Um, and it's like forty k where you you you're carrying books like the the core general's handbook kind of or the core rule book was like that thick, but it wasn't like our core rule book today where it's like lots of narrative and lore and good fun stuff. Like that was the rule book. You know what Dave said around um around the, the the damage table and you know comparing strength to toughness and 
um, you know, looking at the way Battleshock work was, you know, really complicated and there was break tests and you had to chase your opponent down and to kill the unit and there was a magic phase and, um, you know, there was there was a lot, a lot, a lot of rules there. You know, gro uh, Grots were afraid, had terror against high elves and they were scared of elves and dwarves and, like, there was, it was great. Um, and back in the day when, when fantasy very first come about, it actually was a three-player game. You actually used to have a dungeon master slash game master that would overlook the two um, the two armies, armies and set up set up like objectives and scenarios, and it had this weird kind of transition into a competitive game. And um, so yeah, we kind of like got rid of some of that, but at the same time, our core rulebook has gone from four pages to that's not, that's not a thing anymore. You know, we used to be able to say the rule's simple; it's four pages. It's 16 pages. <laughs> Even then, like, you know, like you, you need our, the general sample. Still a 400% uh, increase over edition. Yeah. What is it? Our, our rule book is actually in every single unit. In my, is like, that's why I can describe it. Like all the rules for the game is in the app through the war scrolls of the units, the battle times, and then you got the 16 pages of the core rules. Like that's. Like you're carrying yeah. around blind sorcery, you're potentially now carrying around forbidden power, you're carrying wow. around general's handbook, you're carrying around your battle tome. I, I remember turning up to an event about two years ago where all you had to bring was your battle tome and a general's handbook. Now it's probably like not really core book, but like your battle tome, blind sorcery, whatever tools your army list has, you have to get it. But yeah, like it has changed. But in my opinion, the game's just getting better and better and better. For sure, um, for sure. But like, let's does... recognize that. Let's recognize that we're not immune. Yeah, we're not. Not at all. And that's something that uh, we need to recognize and then safeguard. <laughs> I, yeah. I like to think that um, we should keep um, like boosting our community in a positive way and try to avoid the pitfalls that we've seen in both fantasy and 40K being the older games. Yeah, great. So, so if I think about, Liam, do you have a question, Liam? No, I'm good. Uh, I was going to do the next question. Yeah, ask. Like, uh, uh, yeah, like I think we've kind of got a really interesting backstory on 40k, and we've kind of talked it through our Sigma. But what were you going to ask? I was going to say, like, how did they find? Um, this is mainly directed to Dave Kerr, but Jordan can jump on this as well. Is like when you first started with AOS from your first faction, um, is it one that you're still playing or still touched? Like, for example, Dave, you started with Nurgle. So are you still going back to Nurgle quite a bit um, during games? And Jordan, since you're still at Nurgle, um, do you find yourself you want to move on from Nurgle or are you happy to stay there? <laughs> I started with Nurgle. Um, like any avid hobbyist, uh, I own probably 70% of Games Workshop's line now. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I may or may not like that. I think I've sold already four or five armies in my time. I still own like eight. Um, it's I'm, been I'm, really hard this year actually to pick an army. You're literally saying that. I'm looking at my pile of shame right now, and I'm like, I'm looking at Doors of Cain, Flesh Eaters, a Slanesh army, and a Sylvaneth army. It's just like, fuck. Goddamn wallet. throw in there, mate. <laughs> no. <Nope>. Greenskins. <laughs> <laughs> the one destruction army I will do is Iron Jaws, just because they're low body count and the Gold Grunters are still my favorite models to this day. One of my favorite models. Oh, Iron Jaws are going to be so good when they come. 
Oh, buy buy now. Buy, buy low, sell high. That's the key. Don't buy them when they're hot. Buy them when they're not. So it's time want, to buy ogres, but time to buy iron jaws. I just want four more crushes. That's all I want. Four more crushes. Just the, the iron jaws geist list, terror geist list. Yeah, make more crushes battle line. Let's do it. <laughs> just all doing their destructive bulk into one unit at a time. Just four of them just hitting. Yeah, just just chain yeah. charging. That'd be, yeah. that'd be amazing. But yeah, so like your first AOSX faction, do you still play it? Do you still dabble with it? Do you still write yeah, army yeah. lists around it? Yeah, uh, so I took Nurgle to um, SAGT, which was at the, around the start of this year, March, I think. Yeah, two months ago now. Yeah, yeah. So I still dabble. I think Nurgle's my best painted army too, so they've got a... And I started with them, so they've got a special place. I'll always have my Nurgle, whether I play them or not. Now, sort of thing. with Nurgle, since the Skaven book's got an update, are you looking towards like doing some more Skaven add-on to it, like a Verminal Corruptor with the Warp Lightning Vortex? I recently, like a month ago, gave a mate of mine about 4,000 points of Skaven, which was all of <laughs> oh. my Skaven. I just put it in a box and I handed it to him. Um, he looked pretty happy about it. I was going to say, you just good. gave him filth. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely just gave him the keys to um, to every hobbyist soul on the other <laughs> side of the table. Yeah, By the so way, quick quick shout out from the chat. We've got one of your fans uh, who you smashed at SAGT. So A. Huey's in there uh, letting us know that Dave Nurgle smashed him at SAGT. So that's good on you, Dave. Sounds, <laughs> sounds about right. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, no, Adam wasn't. Adam, so I seem to have this um, affinity of when I go to a tournament to play the best army at the time multiple times. So when I did take Nurgle to CanCon, I played the old Vanguard Wing three times in a row. Um, and luckily for me, I took a list that beat Vanguard Wing. And at SHET, I played Flesh Eater Courts three times in a row. And it turns out the Flesh Eater Courts don't like having to reroll their sixes. No. And neg two to hit. No, we don't. <laughs> no, so I played back as well twice you're you're an evil you're both evil you're both evil um i want to talk about the future and i want to talk about what each of the systems can learn from each other so i'm curious to know what can aos learn from 40k and is there any rules that you would like to see port over into aos and then i'll do the reverse I'll let you start this one, Jordan. Uh, so what are we doing first? Are we going from rules of 40K into AOS or AOS into 40K? Let's go, let's go uh, 40K okay, into, to AOS. AOS, into AOS. Okay, so rules from 40K that I'd like to see more of in AOS. That's hard. Um, I would say maybe the... There's a lot of... Uh, more about line of sight in 40K. I feel like we don't really do much line of sight in AOS and that we do have some armies that can shoot and I know that I have someone that can do more to wounds across the whole board so maybe a little bit more line of sight might be nice to you know guard your heroes since we can actually target heroes as opposed to 40k where you can't target a hero um, below 10 wounds I think um, we could even adopt that for, for AOS because 
it is, it is something that will affect you. I, I actually thought that was the one of the big rules that would come over in, in the new edition of Sigma. I think it's that if a, if a, a hero under 10 wounds is within six or three of a unit, they can't be targeted. I thought that was, I, I really liked that. It scared me about bone splitters, but uh, I thought it was a good rule. Um, Dave, what are your thoughts? What can 40K bring into, bring into Sigma? What I would love to see, and I think probably is more of a Sigma rule than a 40K rule, but it's in 40K, is heroic intervention. I think that's great. And for the, for the people who like me who have no idea what you just said, you basically spoke Arabic. What is that? <laughs> so if, if, a, if an enemy unit completes a charge and you've got a hero within three inches, they can pile into that combat and heroically intervene and step up. So it's like a challenge. Yeah, yeah. So you're just dragging your heroes into your combats um, and letting them swing away. I don't know. So I just think it's interesting you bring that up because everything that would be more like if a hero is within six inches of a unit that just charged can do that because if a hero is close enough, they'll be three inches away usually to do it and there's a three-inch pylon. Um, but I know in 40K, a lot of the things are very much like within an inch, which I think that's why it works in 40K. Yes. Within yes. an inch that you need to land. It's not not this whole three inch in combat stuff. That's why it's different. So they, that would have to be, yeah. Like my my grot heroes are always within range of the my grots, but when they charge, I've got sixty bodies likely to be surrounding, and I can't do a charge with my little grot hero. It's it's almost impossible. So that would be a really cool rule. Curious from the chat. Um, uh, this is a bit of a contentious one. Some people say yay, some people say nay. But would you guys like to see Overwatch in um, AOS? No, not at all. I would not like to see it. Um, that's my opinion. That's my personal opinion. And that's something I would not like to see because I don't think if you can get close enough to something that's shooting you, you should be allowed to charge it without being shot at. Because I Except if free people. It's okay. Well, like say if you spend two turns getting up a board... <laughs> To charge someone that shoots you again, they've had three turns of shooting you. I think it's a little bit of like an extra helping hand in someone that is shooting already, which doesn't really need help. You would have loved Vanguard Wing. I was just about to say, yeah, Raptors still Overwatch. <laughs> you would love Vanguard Wing. My God. <laughs> um, Dave, Dave, what are your thoughts on Overwatch? I don't think I'm really for it or against against it i think if if shooting started to become a lot more dominant like i i just have a sneaking suspicion that when Caradron get a new book they are just going to pump people um so i'm going to say no to overwatch because i don't want Caradron to get um Caradron still have great shooting it's just they fall over like so quickly they are the yeah, definition so they, of a glass cannon if they fall over less and still put out the output that they do at range, they're just going to be hectic. Yeah. yeah. Like, I do like currently with the Fire Slayers being saying, like, oh, we don't take Battleshock um, if we're near territory. Like, there's a battalion or something that lets them do that. If they're near an objective or something, they don't take Battleshock. I could totally see Karadron do something like that with amazing shooting. Like, that would be awesome. That's my opinion. I'm, I'm going to yeah. throw in a rule that I would like to see, and I don't know if it's really a rule because I'm making this up. I haven't played, again, 40K since 5th. Um, maybe I'm making this up or maybe it's an observation, 
but I love that you 40k has a bunch of stratagems which are worth more than one stratagem. So, um, you know, things like Grimgast Reapers, for example, coming back with one command point, I would like to see something similar. But, you know, if you want to bring back uh, 10 Grimgast, it's one CP or 20 is two, you know, full units three. But I feel like in 40k, they've got that resource management downplay a little bit better. Um, is that correct? Like, can I use, I, is, am I making shit up or is that my, what I, is that real? It's real. That's, that's real. real. The different that's stratagems real. have different command points. I think that's, a, that's an actually a really good idea just because it does, as you said, stop you from being one point and here's another 30 models back or something like that. It. I had to, I had to explain to someone in New Zealand about how annoying that command point brings something from the, back on the summoning thing is because we all know that one command point costs 50 points. Like when you're writing your list, if you go 50 points under, you are, you get a command point. So a unit of Grimgast Reaper, 30 of them. Um, how many points are they? Like 400, like almost. Is that right guys? Someone, I don't know. Over, right over about there. 300. Yeah, yeah. Over 300. So you just kill that 300 point unit with that one, like whatever unit that does not come back. Right. And then you're the, Arcane or the Vampire Lord, whatever the general is, just flies over, lands on the um, gravesite, and spends one command point, so 50 points, right? And gets a whole 300 whatever point unit back. It's just like, you're kidding. Like, that's... Yeah, I think, you know, I think command points aren't... It's hard to say that um, making a run roll of six and bringing back 30 grimgars or you know uh, summoning or whatever it is is the same value so yeah it's um, i said yeah. i would love to see it to be two command points or three command points because it makes deaf players want to think someone sense. from the chat it's as well someone from the chat as well saying that i think there's a um a, a stratagem that allows you to cancel command abilities um or, you know, you, yeah, you can, you know, I think it's four, four CP or four stratagems negate a, strat, uh, like a, a stratagem as well. So that counterplay as well. Well, we see it in Slanesh at the moment. Slanesh has some spells and command abilities or artifacts, but you pick a hero like Holy of an 18, they can't use command abilities for the rest of the game. You targeted like Arcan or Nagash or whatever the general is, and you'd be like, cool, you can't bring that, you know, 30 Grimgars I just killed back because that ability is a command ability. Yeah. So, like, there's armies that can counter it, but, um, like, not every army has the tools. Like, I know over the weekend, my horrors and my aunt, like, my terror gas and stuff killed two units of 30 Grimgast almost. Like, killed one and almost killed the other. Arken flew over and brought it all back. And I was like, and my army's already half dead. And I'm like, I cannot keep up. So, yeah. let me let me ask the crew, what can uh, 40k take from Sigma? What can we port over the other way? I let's ask our guest first, Liam. I was, yeah, you be, guys answer, but I already got one in my gracious head. host. I was like, I already got one in my head. I just don't want to lose it. Um, the I would love to see. Yeah, Matt's made a good one. The term priority, but I think term priority in forty k is just it's too devastating because the shooting. Imagine getting two phases of tower shooting. Because forty k is back to back. Forty k is one 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 one. It's just back yeah. and forth like the old fantasy days. Yeah, I th I think um, 
Again, this is just my personal preference, but the list building, I would love to see 40K go back to a simpler list building, um, a combined arms detachment minimum, and then add on your, your detachments. Um, I think the three inches away thing in AOS, I think that's actually really a really simple but elegant system where it forces, it forces these more bubbles and um, you can fail charges, things like that. So... Yeah, I'm going to say that for now. Cool, Jordan. What about yourself? Then Liam, and then I think there's something that's really come, that's really strong that's come out of the chat that I think a lot of 40k players would love. Jordan, what have you got? Um, I would say I like the Kira phase in, in Age of Sigma, so I'd like to see something similar put into 40k. I know they have stratagems, but it'd be nice to see heroes do a little bit more that aren't you know psychers. Um, just adding that extra extra ability without just being, you know, re-roll ones to hit or re-roll, re-roll something. Uh, something a bit different. I feel it would play a little bit differently. Uh, I agree with Dave. The three-inch uh, rule for, for combat and stuff is amazing. I think that should definitely come over. Um, something that I forgot to mention for 40k to AOS is the rule of three that they, that they put in about units. Um, you, for set things, you can only have a certain amount of units. You know, like we have battle line, so they can't take more than um, three of the same unit. So, you know, you can't take four of these excellent Laz cannons that are shoot face off. Uh, you can take three, but you can't take six of them. Yep. And Liam, what, what's the, what's the, that burning? Dave and Jordan took it, the three inch combat gauge. I get annoyed watching a 40K game and they're like one inch away and they just can't fail charge. The whole great thing about AOS is like someone like your whole unit could just get to the very front line, three inches away, and they roll a double one. It sucks, but like God, it's entertaining, and that's what makes AOS great. Um, and also, pretty much what the chat's saying right now is pretty much what I'm gonna was gonna say. But you can tell no, them you do it. They, the, our guest stole your uh, your brilliant idea, so. so the least you can do is be the man of the people and let them know. Uh, let's talk about that, what the chat says. Damage spillover is what I like. I like it about AOS. mean for those Sigma players who uh, have no idea what this means. So from what I know, when I did intro games for 40K, this is how I learned 40K properly for 8th edition when I had to do intro games. Um, if you, you, like, so in AOS at the moment, if something, let's just say the unit is like 10 wounds, right? So unit of five liberators is 10 wounds total. And my keeper secrets did a total of 16, da like, um, the damage of the weapons were like, was three, right? So it would kill one and a half liberators. So it would spill over and it has like four attacks. While in um, 40K, if I have four attacks and I'm damaged three and the intercessor space marines are two wounds, they, I would only, and only have three attacks and three attacks went through, but it would be like nine damage. I'm not going to lose like the whole unit. Only three intercessors will die because it doesn't spill over. You just take them out of whatever, like it doesn't exceed. So it's like an overkill on a model. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you can't overkill, which I think is great. Like I like the rule um, with AOS makes quicker games and it, like your certain characters and weapons who do amazing damage, like Durthim and stuff, they just go off and go into killing frenzy. Um, so, yeah, that's just that's one rule I like. And as someone just explained it, it says one attack kills one model. That's pretty much like how 40k is. 
while I think one attack should kill multiple models because it's so goddamn powerful of a weapon. I wouldn't mind that. I mean, my grots would be absolutely indestructible. With my 140 mm. grots, you can just overkill <laughs> one grot to your heart's content. Yeah, like, it's... Um, and I do know that 40k at the moment... I, one thing that I would say 40k needs to learn, and I don't know about AOS at the moment, like, one thing about stacking ward saves, I know in 40k you can only have one. Um, it'll be interesting to see. I don't usually like it, but I do know some people don't like me rolling a four up, then five up, then six up, then six up. Um, interested to see if there's a way of like not stacking those kind of abilities, stacking ward saves, because I know 40k does it. I don't know if it should go the other way around. But yeah, I, know- I, I think, you know, from a, a play experience, like playing Hagnar with, you know, a bunch of, you know, uh, ward plus ward plus ward. It's it you know it's it's not the greatest experience. Um, it's a it's a very negative play experience. One other thing from the chat, boys. I don't know what you guys think of this, but uh, people would love to see more artifacts slash relics come over from you know Sigma has so many from uh, the battle tomes to uh, malign sorcery. Uh, they would like to see more relics uh, in forty k because they believe they only have a small amount. Do you guys agree or disagree? I, I agree with that. Maybe a book like we have Malign Sorcery, but they get a book where they can all, you know, get in on it and have these different, uh, like, artifacts that are across everybody. I think that's a very, very unique thing that AOS has, which is something that could be implemented. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, running on that, they could easily say that the Black Fortress, they found all these artifacts in the Black Fortress because I know they ran all their... A, a fair bit of narrative through that. But yeah, I, I think um, artifacts are a very interesting way of buffing particular things up and they can be really cool. But then I'd probably like to see 40K heroes get a bit more interesting. Like AOS is very kind of hero-centric, I suppose, with their abilities. I'd love to see 40K, their heroes actually do more. Yeah. Do you feel like some 40k heroes all have the same ability, like a uh, 12-inch bubble reroll hit rolls of one or something? Like that's always the ability they have? It, it seems to be. They're just like, they're there. They have a reroll ones. Yeah, near this dude. Cool. Um, and then they just go in and do a bit of damage in, yeah. in combat or something. Well, like, well, for example, I do know in Sinesh, there's like different command abilities and stuff that happens. So is just like there's a lot more flavor in some of the armies. Like, I know there's like three different command abilities, like an iron draws or something, or like other armies where there's just so much flavor that you get to pick and choose. So yeah, yeah. I suppose our our heroes in AOS give us the variety of yeah. um, gameplay and what we're going to do at what certain stage. But for 40k, it's their stratagems. Yeah. Um, personally, I prefer the heroes um, over the stratagems. Someone in the chat just says they're coming from AOS with a 40k mindset with the heroes being a tax rather than a linchpin. So, yeah, so like the 40k, I think is what he's saying is like the 40k ones are a bit of like a tax, would you say? In 40k, like the heroes aren't as important on like AOS? Uh, I'd say they're, they still have their things because you have shooting. So you know, when someone's giving you reroll alls to shoot and alls to wound, that's pretty important for you. It's pretty. It's not yeah, but nice, you got a, you got a strategy that can do that. Gilliman's the exception. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah it, it is fascinating. There is a whole bunch of different mindsets, and um, 
so I guess, you know, the, the last parting question that I have for you both is, um, imagine that you are speaking to yourself, you know, many years ago, or maybe someone like you who uh, is currently playing 40K, they enjoy it. Uh, maybe they've seen the new models, they've seen something, or maybe they've got like a demon force and they want to try a different system. Um, what advice would you give someone playing 40K who is thinking about moving to Sigma? Like what's your, what's your words of wisdom? Um, definitely, definitely give it a go. Uh, the community is very open. It is an easy game to pick up, but there is a lot of depth to it um, when you actually get into it. So definitely give AOS a go. Awesome. Jordan, what would your advice be? I would say, yeah, definitely give it a go. You've just used them from 40K 8th edition at the moment into AOS 2nd edition. They're similar. Like you're not gonna you're not gonna have a mad learning curve. You're gonna adapt quite quickly. You will have some things that you need to kind of forget that you know and adapt over. But there's there's definitely worth trying. You know, you've got your sci-fi feel with guns and shooting, but you know sometimes you want that combat feel. And uh, jump into it, you get to have a good time. Yeah. So someone in the chat said, give them a hug and a blanket and tell them it's okay. Um, my, my just, advice, sorry, go on, Dave. I, just one thing I'd like to add, um, is in AOS, uh, the double turns seems a little scary. Um, and it definitely can as a new player, but it adds another tech tactical depth to it. We have to prepare for the double turn every time. Um, and the game, you'd be really surprised how you can be in a really losing position and still come back in AOS. AOS allows you to come back into a game and to do well. Yeah, I, I, I couldn't agree more. The, 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 the double turn and the priority role is... Um is something that's beautiful. There's been so many times where, you know, I've been alpha striked and, you know, things look bad and then I get that double priority and swing the game and then the game swings again and um, that makes it quite fascinating. Um, my advice, and then maybe I'll pass it to Liam for his parting thoughts, my advice would be is let your opponent know that you're a 40K player. Um, no, no, no. In, in a good way. Um, there's been plenty of times where, you know, someone said to me, look, I'm, I've just come over from 40 K. Um, and you know, we're pretty forgiving, you know, um, we'll let them know about the, some of the rules, like the charging and not having to declare, um, you know, people have forgotten to do magic on me because they, they think that there's a psychic phase after the hero phase, but, um, you know, we, we are quite forgiving and they let us know, um, we're not going to treat you badly. Um, uh, we like you to come over. Liam, we'll um, cook cookies. Yeah, totally. I wouldn't trust them if I can't even handle keys. Um, but yeah, my advice would be, yeah, pretty much similar to what Anthony said, just like tell them that like if I'm coming from 40K or like coming from a different game system and um, just play, I wouldn't say play heaps of games because you also want to focus on the hobby. But I generally, I remember when I was coming from 40K back in the good old days of 7th Ed, um, I literally had to, like, cheat sheets and stuff. Like, I know it's really weird, but, like, when I was coming from a game, cheat sheet, like, I know that, like, 
in 40k goes movement then psychic so what i had to do was literally write down in bold hero phase first and that helped me out quite a lot like come through the game and just practice and practice and um double turn does suck i learned that the hard way but then i think after like six months of playing for it or playing against it it's not as scary anymore like there's so many times where i give away the turn but um general advice is you're gonna lose a couple of times or you might have some great fun games but you're learning and then once you get the hang of aos you realize that it's a better game system in my opinion but yeah like I don't know. I just can't think of too many negatives about AOS. It's just so many negatives of 40k, but that's just me. Let's, let's not create uh, enemies from our 40k I'm not, community. I'm not. Just, both, that's both good you. games. It just depends on uh, what, what I can say. What so 40k has cool models, like Dark Elder. I can say that. Just the battle coming back, I uh, may dabble at least buy those miniatures because the new um, oh, they're epic. They look amazing. They're not going to cost me a house. Uh, asked me, uh, is there no other television tonight? Uh, no, I, I specifically changed it off the music channel so my dog doesn't cry. Um, doesn't like Britney for some reason. I, I feel like I picked the wrong dog. Um, boy, this has been awesome. Uh, I appreciate your uh, your insights and your experience, and it's great to have you both. Uh, is there any shout-outs you want to give, any uh, props or podcasts or where people can find you or – uh, if they want to continue this conversation, tell the world. Okay. So I'll give a shout out to Mango Mafia, of course. Um, the crew, uh, the Brizhammer lads too. They're another crew up here. They put on amazing events. Best guys out. Um, I'll give a shout out to... Uh, Wes, I know he's in the chat. He wanted me to shout him out. So he's still there. He's still there. I, I, I thought he'd drop off by now, but <laughs> he's still there. One too many. Well done. Fall off the chair, but no, he is here. And and your uh, our good friend Gabe is in the chat as well and screaming mango. Yeah. <laughs> so Wes actually won an event um, last weekend. So so well done, Wes. Um, I think that's all my that's all my shout outs. Love it. I expected last time I asked you to shout out on the master string, you, I think you rattled every person and their dog and their cat. <laughs> yeah, I did. Right. I did. It's like Dr. I thought I'd keep it short and sweet for you this time. All right. Stratford and Mike. All right. So you win. And uh, Hayden said you can find Dave at the top tables. So uh, I think uh, maybe Hayden's application to the mango is currently pending and he's sucking up a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, any event you're going to soon, Dave? Uh, yes, I'm going to Brizhammer this weekend. Yep. And I may make it to the Ipswich GT. Okay, cool. You're not doing Lords of War? Uh, no, unfortunately not. Um, Dave's saving travel money there. for Sydney GT in October. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, I really want to get over to Notorious next year. But yeah, Anthony, yeah, Sydney GT, that'll be a good one to get to as well. Notorious is definitely points. Two and a half. Yeah, we've got we've gone up. We've taken over from RCGT. They they've uh, they dropped the ball, and I've taken over. That is a, that is a lot of goblins. 
<laughs> I'm not playing. I'm not playing, and I'm actually really sad that I can't play in my own event because I want to run the uh, Collegic Arcane um, formation and just run all the Wizards and all of the Endless Spells and all the Wizard Wagons and yeah. just lol. It's the best way to play Grotz, I think. Endless Spells and Wizards. Amazing. Jordan? Uh, quick shout-out to Clan Filth, guys. Um, and just a... Shout out to um, the guys that did Border Wars. Just thank you for giving me my first tournament. Um, and shout out to Sydney Slaughter coming up in a week, two weeks? Uh, a week and a half. Yeah. And a week and a half. Find you on the Instas, right? Uh, yes. I've got an Instagram mini page. It's called Jordan underscore paints underscore minis. Uh, it's all Nurgle stuff because, yeah, Nurgle. Uh, it's where I focus on my hobby. Uh, thanks for having me, by the way. Been awesome. Dave, you're not on the socials at all? Uh, I just have the Mango Mafia page on Facebook. Um, that's kind of where I congregate. All right. I'm sure we'll get all the fan, for the friend requests and uh, uh, maybe you need to get set up a Twitter account or something because uh, you're a very popular man. Oh, very well yeah, done. I should. <laughs> um, that's it, guys. Uh, I think next fortnight we're going to have uh, we're going to have a painting episode, aren't we? Are we going to talk yeah, paintings so, with yeah. uh, James Lynch and uh, Travis? Travis. Yeah. If Travis's internet is on fire, yes. And James Lynch had just uh, been featured in Warhammer Community as like the the miniature of the month, so which is a pretty amazing achievement from a global uh, perspective. And and James is uh, a fucking So is Travis. Travis is incredible too. So. I want to learn everything about how I can up my painting game. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm super keen. Um, and yeah, I think what else? I'm trying to think. We've got uh, any other events happening in the next two weeks? We've got Slaughter. There's plenty of events in the channel description. I've got uh, Slaughter. You've got Badgercon. Um, it's interesting that your own event isn't on there. Uh, it's later. Don't worry about that. People know where to find Sydney GT. And we're going to close the show with Dave Kerr. In the chat, Wes is yelling mango, mango, mango in capitals. We're going to get the mango chant. So, uh, Dave, are you ready? We're doing a mango chant. Well, you're going to do a mango chant. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> mango, mango, mango. Mango, mango, mango. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Have a good night. Take it See easy. Later. Thanks.